what uh, what advice do you wish that you were given before you entered Islam and that same advice would you give it to possibly potentially new reverts? White people becoming Muslim still have to address their whiteness. Islam is the revolution. You know, this is, and Kalima, I bet your parents were kind of on that wave. You know, like this, you know, Malcolm X said, like the answer to black America's race problem and the answer to white America's race problem is Islam. So I probably met Muslims just, you know, being in high school and in college um, around, you know, speaking out against the atrocities that uh, the Israelis were committing and against uh, our Palestinian brothers and sisters. So even though I wasn't raised with a religion, like we were strong on morals. And I have some like intro music. I want Rich Homie Kwan walk through. I got you, I got you. All right. <laughs> Chill family, welcome to Nika and Chill. This is a new episode, one I've been actually really excited to get into. It is called My Life as a Revert. Um, this Uma does not, um, we unfortunately do not shed light a lot on the experiences of reverts. And isn't it amazing that Allah blesses us immensely for helping guide people into Islam? And yet we don't really dive into their experiences at all um, coming into the religion. And then even after so, maybe a year in, two years in, of course, it's a journey. So who they were in the beginning doesn't necessarily mean that they're the same person throughout, just like us. Whether you're born and raised Muslim or not, your journey is always going to be different than the next person. And subhanAllah for those people who find themselves in a journey um getting closer to Allah or just learning a little bit more about Islam um we have an amazing guest here today he is a social worker out of New Orleans his name is Powell salam alaikum how are you doing Powell walaikum salam and what's up Nika and chill family glad to glad to finally be on here yay yes 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 you're so amazing. Like I've, I've met you a while ago. Actually, what has it been? It's been a couple of months and um, I just learned so much about you. Um, when I first met you, I remember you told me you were a revert and you had already previously been married. So explain your relationship or at least like how you guys maybe met um oh dang we're jumping right into my right into my marriage all right let's get conjil i could i i shouldn't have expected anything less um yeah alhamdulillah we met um through kind of the muslim community um my kind of like home masjid is called the lighthouse masjid and it's in oakland california i'm oakland california born and raised and it it actually to me was like um my first experience with a mosque but now having been muslim for 10 years it really is kind of like to me still the standout kind of and not it's not without its own issues but it really is stands out in a way i think you especially kalima would really like um and is much different than most of the masjids i've been to across the country so we met through some uh activities in the Muslim community. And, um, I believe she had been Muslim longer than I had. Um, we, but we met each other both as Muslims. We actually ended up, we, we ended up, um, we found out later we went to the same high school. Wow. Um, 
And um, yeah, so that was where we met. And um, that was kind of the little incubator community that, um, you know, we were, we were part of as a couple. And, uh, you know, our daughter had her Akika there and we did our Nikah there and it was all love. Amazing. Amazing. And um, you, you're Italian Muslim. I'm sorry, Italian American. She is Sicilian American. Sicilian American. Okay. Yes. Yes. You know, they, the Italians just kind of, you know, co-opted us, but we are our own people. <laughs> and what about her? What was her uh, nationality? Uh, her mom, uh, her dad was from Kingston and uh, Jamaican, and her mom was white and Jewish. Okay, okay. So going back, because before you guys met, you reverted. What was your journey like? What made you realize, or what? When? When did you realize that Islam? I guess from Christianity to Islam was the right path for you. You know, being Sicilian, we're kind of like Catholic by name, but my parents are like left-wing socialists and artists and writers and stuff. So they really kind of threw off any type of religiosity or conservatism in their. So I was I was raised in in a very secular kind of progressive um situation where like a relationship with god uh spirituality that wasn't really part of the you know my emotional development so so it wasn't really like the kind of convert story where i left one religion for another one okay um i was pretty much a blank slate when it came to oh, wow. you know, theology religion spirituality things like that yeah so i guess my first experience with islam is like most people first experience with Muslims. Um, and really, um, you know, so my dad was kind of like, um, outspoken about like the Palestinian cause. Um, and so as was like, again, my kind of, you know, my teen group and, you know, we were activists, we were like, you know, Bay area, you know, hustling ass kids, but also who like had a political, kind of mindset so and that's the beautiful part about the bay it's like you can see like a dope dealer and he'll like break down the like world yeah. bank and like the imf and you know globalization like that yeah. you know but he's out there like you know selling percocet so um anyway so but i probably met muslims just uh, pro- you know being in high school and in college um around you know speaking out against the atrocities that uh the Israelis were committing and against uh, our Palestinian brothers and sisters so it was more of like a political thing but then i was then i started to see that Mus- the muslim ones cuz there's like christian palestinians and they were kind of just like us but then i noticed that there was something different about the muslims you know, a little bit of Dawa there, a little bit of Dawa here. And, um, you know, and it was just like the good, you know, the good character, the good vibes, the good energy from, from the Ummah. And, um, you know, our Ummah is, has its challenges and, um, you know, is not perfect in any means, but like, you know, it, I don't want to shortchange it. You know, we get very critical of the Ummah of like, oh, the Muslims don't do this or the Imams are like this. And, but like at the end of the day, it, you know, that, that was what first at least kind of got my, you know, ear to the street. Um, you said that your, your family, you know, were very left-wing progressive type of 
household that you grew up in, right? When you found Islam, alhamdulillah, did you find anything within Islam that aligns with that type of mentality? It's not like it's not like when you enter Islam, you left one religion to go into the other. But a lot of times, and from the reverse that I've met, right? There's something about Islam that's so familiar, so almost nostalgic. So based on how you grew up in a left-wing, more progressive household, was there something familiar in Islam with that? Kalima and I talk about this, you know, a lot of like the nexus between the kind of like left liberal ecosystem and Islam and how do they interact? Do they interact? You know, all that. The similarities I can definitely speak to was that I feel like both my parents are moral people that have like a moral compass and they're kind of, you know, left-wing ideology comes from a place of like, you know, this is right. Um, you know, and, and, and what is going on in our society and greed and, you know, unfettered capitalism and racism, and that's wrong. That's morally wrong. So, even though I wasn't raised with a religion, like we were strong on morals. Sicilians, like not a special, like especially like religious group of people, like you know, um, you know the, the the mafia culture is like a big part of our community's orientation and how like our economy certainly functions. And obviously, people think that like the mob is like you know on some gang shit and is doesn't have morals, but there are like deep. Sicilian morals, even rooted within like criminal organization. And, and, um, so, so I think the morality in Islam and the, the righteousness in Islam, um, was familiar with the righteousness from where I was raised now on the specific political issues, there's definitely, you know, a divergence. Um, and so that has been interesting to navigate with my family and, and my parents. And, um, I think we've all come a long way in terms of, uh, you know, our understanding, um, speaking and of, growth. Uh, speaking of like, you know, going a long way in understanding and growth, who do you, who were you in the beginning of, um, coming to Islam and who are you now compared to who you are today? Man, I'm the same, I'm the same, you know, you might be see me on TV, but you know, I'm, I'm the same old G, you know? Um, but, uh, I am a very different person from then now and then, but I think that more just has to do with life and maturing and, and growth and, and this and that, um, more so than, more so than like my religion. Um, what? I, I, I don't, I mean, I love Islam, but I don't necessarily give Islam credit for like my flowering of today you know it's part of it it's not the whole thing what uh what advice do you wish that you were given before you entered islam and that same advice would you give it to possibly potentially new reverts that's a good that's a good one um so i'm, I'm gonna kind of sidestep that question but answer it in this way um so me and my three best friends growing up all became muslim um and so we were kind of like our little crew playing little league baseball. We were our crew going to middle school dances. We were our crew, you know, slanging a bunch of different things. We were slanging to make money. We were our crew when we were at college, you know, we, we, and, and then we all became Muslim. Like, uh, and so we were, we we're like a force kind of, 
Um, and you know, people who had like street cred and cred in the com- community and people that, um, were respected people, you know, made people, no, I'm just playing. Um, and, um, and so we were like heavy and one of them, uh, especially got involved in the, uh, Jamaat Tablik. I don't know if y'all have heard about that, like kind of, uh, Islamic group or effort. Um, but it's, it's really kind of like about giving dawah, like heavy. and um, so we were we were giving a lot of dawah and you know really just gassed up on the dean and iman boost and you know yo like everybody got to get on this this is the you know this is the like you know we read we were reading the like you know h rap brown form now known as jamil imam jamil alamin like you know we you know his book revolution by the book we were like islam is the revolution you know, this is, and Kalima, I bet your parents were kind of on that wave, you know, like this, you know, Malcolm X said like the answer to black America's race problem and the answer to white America's race problem is Islam. And so we were just kind of gassed up on that. And so, you know, young 22, 23s, not really very mature in a deep sense, not really very wise, but just hold a lot of sway and gassed up on the Dean. So we, we were giving a lot of people dawah and like a lot of our friends dawah. And, um, I probably would have been less aggressive in that looking back on it. Um, like, because I was just like, take your shahada, get a hijabi wife, you know, like leave, leave the dunya behind kind of thing. And, um, I, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily give young people that advice right now. And, and again, some of my, you know, and, and, may Allah reward, you know, us for, for those intentions. And, um, you know, a lot of people did become Muslim through that wave and it wasn't just us. It was like, it was just the whole Bay culture then, you know? Um, so there was a whole Muslim kind of young Muslim wave going on. And, and, um, so there was a lot of people that got Hidayah from that, but our Muslim community is not necessarily like built to like absorb everybody's everyone coming in the doors, you know, it's like the Muslim community is kind of just like holding on to its own like weird space as like an immigrant community or like the fledgling, like black Muslim experience. And, um, I don't know. So, so then it was like this wave of like all these like turned up people who've got hella trauma and background and ideas coming into the masjid and like, you know, I mean, it, it like, it's kind of a recipe for disaster. It's interesting that, <laughs> dependent on your background racially culturally your revert experience may be different so the advice that maybe someone would give to a white revert versus an arab revert versus a black revert might be different you just kind of shed light on the fact that dependent on your upbringing you might be guided in or understand Islam or appreciate or respect it in a different way is there something you know now when someone says wow, you're a white guy that reverted to Islam. Like, what's something you could tell me about it before I consider even reading into it? White people becoming Muslim still have to address their whiteness. Like, becoming Muslim doesn't absolve you of what your whiteness represents and what it means. And 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 to be cognizant of how you move in in a new community, you know, like, don't just walk up into the mat, like, don't just walk up into the mat 
passion and are like, I need to be, my religion needs to be served to me like you, you know, Arab, Pakistani, black people. Right. Um, you know, so I think that um, you still need to do the work um, around yeah. understanding that and, and, and moving in a way where you, um, you know, are, are an asset and not a liability. Some, some, like white, white people, like Sicilians are not, are not ethnically white, but we get lumped into the general body of whiteness as do yeah. like Lebanese and Palestinian. Racism, yeah. Yeah. So, but for like the truly white convert, mm-hmm. um, you know, who maybe is lacking uh, their own cultural identity. Yeah. Um, you know, don't just go in and try to it it's just it's a little cringeworthy cringe when you know converts come in and start um just trying to take on like i've seen white converts like start to speak with an accent yep and i'm like i'm like the fuck is that like <laughs> like well, and it may be an identity crisis but it's really interesting even even maybe light skinned black people who travel a little bit they feel like learning Arabic, which, you know, we are we are taught that learning Arabic is the first way that the Quran was revealed. So, yeah. you know, that's a thing to be proud of so much so that they almost literally start talking with an accent as if like, oh, I've traveled for so long that I just gained this accent. But, you know, he Mehdi actually um, mentioned before that we don't really create a space sometimes for that person to like you don't i was we we had saw an individual who had he's a big influencer right a big influencer and completely adopted like the arab he arabized himself yeah let's just let's say that you know like he he completely adopted the arab culture and it's a it was a little cringe for me at first he's arab i'm arab i'm palestinian and lebanese and um and i also saw a different individual who's the convert revert to Islam. She's a Muslim sister and she's white. The brother was uh, a, a mixed race. He's a biracial brother. She, the white sister also, like she was making makluba, like, you know, like, and, and wearing the abaya and this and this and that. And I was suggesting that, I, I think we also, as the, as the Muslim population, we don't create space, a healthy space, for people to enter Islam and keep their culture. With their own culture. And it's so true. But I mean, I think it has to do a lot with you. You mentioned something very important, Kalima, which is like the Quran is written in Arabic. Right. And I think some of the earliest scholars of Islam looked at it as blasphemous to translate the Quran. Yeah. Right. Right. You teach, you teach Islam by teaching, by teaching the individual Arabic, then you teach them the Quran. And, but by doing so, you're inadvertently Arabizing people. In the yeah, world. I kind of understand both sides, even though it really isn't fair, especially as a black woman who has a whole culture. But I find that when I get into certain circles, the more education that I show them that I know within Arab, Arab, Arab lifestyle and Arab language, I'm more accepted than if I were to come in and try to, you know, impose my experience on them to really truly understand the arabic language you also have to understand cultural context that's because, what i mean like there's a cultural emotion behind a word in arabic that you can't really translate yeah. right you can't translate the emotion of it you can't translate the memories of a word mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you can translate just the bare minimum yeah. and but by doing so you kind of have to also start understanding arabic culture 
um, especially when when discussing like Quran, we want to have to understand like the culture of the Arabs at the time. Exactly. Another point to make is that there's so many different factors, right? We can't just point on one thing. I think Black Americans, especially when they adopt the uh, more of the Arab culture as reverse, it's a lot more understandable because their culture has been um, ripped, mm-hmm. ripped from them, stolen from them, and uh, you know, so it's a. They it's, don't. They're not as we're we're not as committed to one culture yeah. because we are a little bit more of an open book. When exactly, it comes to. and it's maybe it's maybe it's a maybe it's a way of reclaiming one's own one's yeah. own identity mm-hmm. in a way. But as far as like um, when you know white Americans yeah. revert to Islam and then adopt the culture. I think even though white Muslims might find this sensitive to hear, they they are they should be more sensitive to what they're doing um, than, than Black Americans. I think because there is there is different intentions, mm. you know. And as you were saying, brother, earlier, you know, like depending on your cultural background, you have a different a whole, a whole different experience about reverting to Islam. I just want to point out something, um, brother, that you said that I thought was interesting. You said that as a Sicilian, you're not truly a white American, right? You, you're not ethnically white. And I think, you know, one of the big problems that we face in the world, but it also intersects with our religious problems, is the expansion of whiteness yeah. and what it means to be white in America. And white people have always wanted to expand what it means to be white so that they can benefit from it. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of people um, in the in West Western Asia, especially, were classified as white. You know, Caucasians, the, Cauc- the Asians from the Caucasus, Caucasus. regions yes. of of Asia. You know, they were classified as white, even though that's not what they were at all. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole history. You know, even with my family, like if you look at the immigration papers, if you were if you were from mainland Italy, even southern Italy, like Calabria or Napoli or something and you went through Ellis Island, they would put ethnicity, Italian, race, white. If you were Sicilian, they would put ethnicity, Sicilian, race, black. So on my grandfather's immigration passports, they called him a black guy. Wow. But like, we're not black. Like, where? Uh, I definitely hear y'all about kind of Arabization I feel like in Kalima, and I don't know how much experience you have with this community, but in like my interactions with like kind of the Hotep community or the Pan-African kind of conscious community here, one of their knocks on Islam and why it is this like, oh, it's the Arab Christianity and, you know, it's at war with African spirituality and stuff like that. And and um, so one element that I, that, and, and where I really break from like their traditional, like liberal mindset is at this point in time, we're so caught up in identity politics and who's a culture vulture and who's appropriating what culture and who's assimilating into who and who's Arabizing who, or who's Rachel Dalzaling the other one. And like, um, to me, I'm like, fuck all that. Excuse my language to our Muslim listeners. Like, like the beauty of Islam is that we are messing with the other ch- cultures and I'm getting, and I'm one day I'm coming through with an off white t-shirt and a lungi on like, you know, or like, look at how Islam spread throughout all the continents and all the different ethnic groups, you know, the, the cross culture mingling, the trading, the interracial marriages within Islam to me, 
that's dope. And if you can't get behind that and you're like, oh, the the Malaysians are have been Arabized by the Yemeni coffee traders or like, you know, the Nigerians have been like, if you're so caught up in your identity politics that you can't vibe with like people rocking, like I can't look at some drip that like the Palestinians have and be like, oh, I, you know, that's fire. I like that. I want to incorporate that. If you're if, if you're so like into that, then, you know, you know, may God help you. But like, I'm, I'm, I personally feel like I'm not into that. So I don't, you're saying you're personally more open to learning about all different cultures and incorporating it into your life versus one track. Yeah, like if I know, if I learn how to cook Macluba, that just right. means I'm, I'm a fire cook. Right. And, and I feel you. And so, but I think the, the one issue Medi, to your point especially for the white Americans and, and, and converts in general, I guess. Born Muslims are kind of handed down Islam um, in one way, shape, or another. A convert's got to really leave something to come to something else. It's not like you don't just like stub your toe and fall into Islam. So I think what you got to understand is that mm -hmm. American society... Um, whether it's like capitalism or like I like wh whatever American society is, um, it leads people to like they're stuck in their house, they're alienated, depression yeah. is on a sky rise, suicide. People are lost, and so the, this alienation. You know, we have this celebrity culture where we like like look up to these rich people, even though we're broke. And it's like, we listen to musicians who just remind us of how much more money they have than us. Like it's wild, the psychological propaganda that our citizenry live under. So they come to Islam fleeing. They're, they're like, they're like intellectual refugees, like fleeing that American alienation. Yeah. So if they're latching on to Pakistani culture or something, people go in different directions with it. Some people leave the country. Some people become Muslims. Some people explore their sexuality. Like there's some little thing that's like the mainstream ain't right. And we got to find something else. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that he created us into tribes and nations so that we may learn and know from one another. You know, Allah wants us to, to learn from each other. And Allah wants us to share our cultures. I, I sincerely believe that especially us Arabs, we need to create a better space for reverts to continue having their culture mm. and making that a part of Islamic culture mm. because we are so it's so easy for our culture to be considered Islamic culture, but it sh that, that type of privilege should be extended to other cultures so that white weavers or black weavers aren't trying to make makuba. They can yeah. still eat their mac and cheese and they can be Islamic. Or they, yeah, or, or we just don't feel like our culture is haram. It's haram. And thank you. I was just about to leave there because I've seen Arab chefs, brother, say- Some oh, parts of white culture is haram, by the way. Thank you. Having right. great haram, <laughs> having an afro is haram, having long hair is haram. I've heard Arab chefs on podiums with big platforms say things like that. And so I think that us Arabs, we need to do a better job at just allowing people to stay who they are and not making their white their white identity or their black identity haram. Well, I you're you're a better man than me because I'd be up there talking all this type of stuff, being like, "Yeah, Becky, um, yeah, your whole life is haram." <laughs> Basically, you know. No, no, but I, no, I feel you. Well, and one thing you guys, I might want to share is. There, I've tapped in. There's a whole group of us Italian and Sicilian converts uh, engaged with each other on, the, you know, having like iftars with, you know, and it feels a little like, you know, 
nationalistic, but, you know, people go to the Bengali masjid to kick it with their Bengali brethren. And so, you know, we've done, we've done, um, you know, things where it's like, you know, us Italian Muslims get together and eat cannolis and, you know, do our iftar thing together. And, um, one other element is that like, I think it's caused a lot of us to reflect on our own history where, you know, Sicily was Muslim for hundreds of years and was civilized by the Arabs and given, by the Moors specifically, right? Yeah. I mean, it depends if you call um, the Moors Arabs, but like, if you go to like Sicily right now, I mean, the architecture, I mean, it's a boat ride away from Tunis. And, you know, so I even found out that there are Tunisians in my family line. I was about to say, that's what I was trying to say. I am very curious. Yeah. Um, what were your views coming into Islam about the, the divide between the different sects? You know, the, the war on terror narrative didn't work on me, just like the COVID narrative doesn't work on me. So I don't, um, so, so I didn't come into it with like, well, the Sunnis are fighting with the Shia and, you know, you know, like I didn't, you know, I knew what, you know, the Bush administration was telling us was all cap. So also the some of the my first experiences with muslims were sunni palestinians but also shia iranians and like afghans and stuff so like i i feel like i in my intro to the dean was exposed to a pretty like diverse group as far as like the sex go and this and that yeah i mean to kind of switch gears here back into just muslim relationships what has Islam taught you about? That's what I'm here for. I'm 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 here for the game, y'all. I mean, I, we need to. <laughs> yeah, like, um, is there, is there, is there any way that you sort of approach now that you're single, sort of approach relationships, romantic and otherwise, um, based on your experience with Islam at all? I really don't know. Um, we love Allah. You know, we say like, we, we love for the sake, we do X, Y, and Z for the sake of Allah. And, and so there's an element of purity that like we as Muslims kind of strive for. And this gets into like relationships and premarital sex and all this. But, but the, the heart and soul is this like pure connection with Allah. And that's what we all need. I love that. My problem was, and I've seen a lot of brothers make this problem, is we then think that because we're married to Muslim women, we can just love them unconditionally and purely and, um, and, and in our like authentic kind of unguarded male way. And that doesn't, that I feel like by and large is, is kind of ignorant. And it was like, I, all the stuff I knew about gender dynamics before Islam, I kind of like, I was like, oh, I'm Muslim now. It's a new game. You know, this, these hijabi women are like, you know, God's gift to humanity. And like all of my like understanding of how men and women interact up until this point, that's all, you know, uh, Kafir ideology. There's just a different, when you love Allah, you love your brothers, you love your children. That's like, for me, that I can love unconditionally. Mm-hmm. For my partner, for my wife, for these women, I can't do that. Yeah. So anyway, so, so I feel like Islam in the modern context hasn't actually done that well for me vis-a-vis navigating my love life with women, but that's okay. You know, I, I didn't become Muslim to navigate my love life with women. I became Muslim to, you know, be a better person and all that. What did you learn about women in Islam 
as you were reverting to Islam, quote unquote, a woman's place in this, in, in, mm-hmm. from an Islamic perspective. Did you, yeah. were you taught as coming, you know, when you were coming into Islam, were you taught that women are submissive? Were you taught that women are supposed to be obedient? Were you taught that women are the opposite, that they're queens, self, self-dependent, self et cetera? I definitely bought into the Muslim gender paradigm. Um, and I bought into it in two ways. One, um, one is that if, as a man, if I just provide, am a good guy, go to the matches unconditionally, that is what a woman's looking for, and that's good enough to be a Muslim husband. Um, so that kind of like nice guy, Muslim husband, you know, the key to a good relationship, the happy wife, happy life. And the key to a good Muslim husband is just be, you know, love, love your wife like you love Allah or love, you know, love like, like, you know, love purely and kind of drop the game and drop the swag and drop the, the, the sexual tension and just be like, you know, so friendly. Um, and just the nice guy, Muslim mentality. So I bought into that and I bought into, and I don't know if that's necessarily a thing in Muslim cultures that could just be a like blue pill, California version of nice guy, you know, the gender dynamics, stay at home wife versus breadwinner man. And, um, and that that was the correct formula because look, coming from California, I've seen the family dynamic chaos that like the new wave feminist movement ushered in it ushered in some good things um and i certainly can speak highlight to it uh, in that way but as far as the divorce rates as far as the single motherhood as far as the custody and child support court situation it's a freaking disaster so a lot of us were like hey I don't know about this traditional gender setup, but anything's got to be, it goes to the old alienation thing with culture. Anything is better than this freaking Kafiroon, you know, left-wing system we have here. And so, so I bought into the, you know, wife needs to stay at the house kind of thing and be obedient. And I need to just be like a little lapdog for her. And, you know, both of, both of those buy-ins to me didn't serve me well at all or serve my ex-wife well at all. And we ended up both not really enjoying either of those dynamics. So for you, right? To follow up with that. Do you think a lot of men love Islam or appreciate Islam coming into it because of the idea that their wives will be submissive housewives? Um no, I it's no. It's not as simple as being a submissive housewife. I think a lot of men in the West and in our sexual marketplace are so fed up and tired of the nonsense that especially young, non-financially established men have to go through from when they're like 16 all the way to 26 of just getting ghosted and ghosted and ghosted. And they're so tired of the game and getting their heart broken and cheated on. And, um, you know, everything that this thought culture has produced, I think that they are interested in Islam because they feel like, Oh, my Muslim wife isn't like that. She's different. I can drop the game. I I do I can just be myself. I can just be a nice guy and she's going to love me in return. And I feel like that's a bigger attraction for converts than 
I want like a, you know, subservient, submissive, quiet wife. Maybe some men do, but in my experience and in my ecosystem. So but what I'm hearing is that it wasn't really about having an obedient wife and being the quote unquote alpha male. It was more about not having to play so many games just to have a marriage and a family. I would, yeah, I would say, I would say so. And, and, but that's ill-advised because at the end of the day, you know, yeah, that I, I don't, I don't think that's a good I think that's problematic, you know, because again, you might be Muslim for four years. You hardly know any of the Muslim sisters. All you see them is beautifully draped up and fly and praying. So you just see their best self. You don't see what the Muslim women are actually like being on Muslimatch. I feel like I know what Muslim women are actually like now. And I feel so much more at peace because now I'm like, okay, now we can get somewhere. There's some realness here, but the whole courting process where you just see her looking fly and pious. Yeah. It's not reality. Muslim matchmaking apps have been a more realistic introduction or understanding of what a Muslim woman is for you. Facts. Yeah. Where, exactly. where else? I mean, aside from the aunties and the grandmother and like the, the people in my Muslim community, like where else do I interact with like large masses of Muslim women? You Absolutely. don't. You can always go to Target. Uh, <laughs> see my other women be at Target, Medi. So I can't, I can't be talking to the Muslims in there. <laughs> They're already looking for a lot of stuff. So. <laughs>